0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of the Bandwagon Podcast. Ryan Michaels here with your boy, Chip Tiernan. What to do? Due to the world we're living in, we are remote again. Philadelphia has locked down everything, and they shouldn't just stop there. You want to know why, Chip? Why's that? Because the Eagles are garbage, and they should close down the whole facility for the rest of the year. The Eagles should just stop. They just got to stop. Uh, Doug Peterson gets up every single press conference and says, oh, there's a lot of anger in the locker room because we know we're so much better. And it's like, well, yeah, you know, actually I don't think the players are bad. I think your play calling is horrendous. I agree. I think you have no idea what you're doing. You go for two every single time when you could have went for one and made the game at least within three before the Giants scored their last touchdown. And the last thing I want to say is you lost to the Giants. You lost. To the Giants. You let Daniel Jones run town on your defense. You let um, Daniel Jones look like Aaron Rodgers. Daniel Jones, who I have you, was booed out of New York when he got drafted. <laughs> and he ha- I think he has, what, six total wins in his career,
1: and four of them are against the football team.
0: Uh, No disrespect to the Giants either, because you know what? They played better. They won. It is they, what it is. They were
1: better. They were the better team.
0: They deserved that win, and I, it pains me to say it because all my friends who are from New York rip on me. But they won. It, it was like it was very clear. I, I remember at halftime. I, I I usually don't take a hangover nap during birds games, but that was one of the most boring, lethargic games I've ever seen.
1: Yep, no question. I mean, the better team was the Giants, and you saw it from from the first nap.
0: Well, let's uh let's move forward. Uh, we'll we'll really go in depth with the Eagles this week because I don't think it's so much of a what has to change. I think it's who needs to go at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean it's unfortunate, but I think I'm starting to uh I'm starting to agree with that as well.
0: Uh, well, we got big Sixers news potentially. Uh, yeah. James Harden wants out of Houston, and his two top trade destinations are Brooklyn and Brooklyn. Listen to me. Brooklyn and Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, at first he'd said he, he wanted to stay, but, um, you know, if if uh, if he's willing to move, then, you know, uh, the Sixers should explore some options.
0: I, you know, I, I just worry that those options will contain pieces that I don't want to give up right now. We'll see as any talks, if there are any progress, uh, but we know Daryl Morey isn't afraid of making big trades and big splashes, so we'll really have to see.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe the Sixers could get something done, you know, without involving, obviously, the big two, but, um, you know, if we were to get James Harden here, uh, it, it probably would have to be one of those guys, but again, Daryl you know, he's, he's a respected guy, he just came from Houston, so maybe he has some... Uh, you know, maybe he'll have some ties. He probably does. So, you know, who knows what, what moves can be made, but, um, yeah, I'm excited.
0: Um, we'll, we'll, again, we'll talk Sixers a little bit later, but that's really all the news that we have. Uh, nothing else has really come about. Uh, the draft is Wednesday. Uh, we don't have much going on there. We're the 20th pick or the 21st Twenty-first pick.
1: Yeah. I mean, usually I'm on top of these things and I gotta be honest, not having Marshman has probably hurt, you know, my quote unquote scouting of the, of the top guys in the draft this year. Um, you know, I, I know some names, but, um, I really have no clue what the how, like what the Sixers are going to do at 21, if they move up, if they move down, um, you know. Uh, but uh, from what I've heard, they want shooting, uh, which is great. And I'm, I'm all for that. So we'll have to see what happens on Wednesday night.
0: I mean, as a Nova guy, I would love to see Sadiq Bay in the Sixers uni, but I mean, I,
1: mean, I would love that happened. too. He might not be there at 21, but no, uh, he's he he going. gone. he's I, going
0: by 13. No yeah, doubt in my mind.
1: Yeah. I would have loved to see Sadiq Bay stay another year of Villanova, but,
0: um, but you know what you got to think too he had the talent to be a top 15 pick a first round draft pick with guaranteed money and lucky for not lucky for him, but he made the right call with everything that's happening this year. That's true. The chance that there was no season.
1: That is true. Yeah, that's a good point. So I want to see, but um, I don't think
0: he's going to fall to the six to 21. Me either. But speaking of NCAA, uh, they have a big move from a traditional tournament standpoint. Yeah. The tournament will be held in one city in a bubble, which I like that idea.
1: I love it too. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it later in the podcast, but, um, I think it's a great move. Uh, you know, they, you know, I mean, you know, the whole situation kind of started when March Madness was happening. So I understand why they canceled and all that, but, um, man, I, I just need tournament in my life, man. I just need March Madness back.
0: Yeah. You know, support for the NCAA comes from the tournament and support for the bandwagon podcast. Comes from Manscaped. Wow, nice segue. Who's the best in <laughs> men's below the belt grooming? You <laughs> like that, don't you? I, I do like that segue. Uh, Manscaped offers precision Engineer tools for your family jewels. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untripped pubes are the thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Before I got my Manscaped, I was always frightened to go in the shower stretch them out, and put a blade to it. But it's gone. You don't have to worry about going to Rite Aid or CVS and picking up a cheap uh, bag of Bic razors and just praying to Jesus Christ that you don't cut them. Nope. (laughs) Nope, not anymore. Uh, Manscaped, (laughs) this is why Manscaped is a revolutionary company. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawn Mower 3.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer cuts on your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can take it in the shower.
1: The Lawn Mower 3.0 comes inside the brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls, because that's just disgusting. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant, and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why not put it on the most smelliest part of your body? Fair point. And yet, your balls stink. I'm sorry. Speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I am thankful for their Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keeps your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. And these products smell good, too. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood, if you know what I mean. The perfect package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxer boxers that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time for upgrade those the excuse me. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to Manscaped's high performing anti-chafing boxers. Tis the season to Manscaped, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, and your friends the best gift of all. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code PHL
0: at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Again, that's get 20% off and free shipping with code PHL at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PHL. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. I got nothing left to say, Chippy. Where we at? Cue the Rocky music. You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production. Enhancing your Philly sports experience. Alright, let's get the anger and frustration out of the way early. Uh, Get in the huddle and talk why the birds break my heart every single weekend, yet I still follow them.
1: Go birds. (sighs) Go birds.
0: Dude, I can't say go birds when they're playing like this. They're playing so poorly. I can't. I can't justify anything that they say. I'm tired of Doug getting up there saying that they have to play better. I'm tired of Carson Wentz going up every single time saying, oh, we got to do better. We got to do better. Well, of course you have to do better. I, I I can't. How do you not change the defensive scheme up when you see that all Daniel Jones has to do is run a read option?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's they're so like it's frustrating because, you know, we saw it the first time they played the Giants. I mean, went for he went for an 80 yard run. And the first time they score, it's it's the same play. Yeah, that that's you know, the
0: problem that I have. And the week before, you have the Eagles defense saying we have to respect Daniel Jones as a runner. Well, obviously you didn't. You just let him run all over you.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they say that, and they get they let him do what he did, you know, yesterday. So I just don't, I don't understand the 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 game plan, the play calling. Uh, it just didn't make sense.
0: The offensive play calling was horrible. Miles Sanders had 15 carries and he was getting 5.7 yards a carry. Why, why wasn't he mixed in a little bit more?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, you know, he, he came back from injury. Uh, you know, he finally, he's finally back and, um, you know, um, he, he, wasn't getting as many touches, uh, before I thought he did. I thought he got enough touches, um, this week, you know, maybe, maybe a little bit more, but you know, 15 to 20 carries for him is perfect for him. Um. You know, and but still, if it's
0: working, and that's the only way that you're getting any yardage, I, I know that he's coming back from injury, but he is your workhorse back. You have you, to use him. I mean, and he wasn't not, limping. He, he didn't seem fatigued. I understand you have to protect your player, but a game against the Giants like this is a must-win, especially in a tight NFC East. I mean, yeah, even
1: you know the running game was working, even you know even when it wasn't Miles Sanders. Boston Scott had a few nice runs. Corey Clement had his first touchdown of the season. Um, so the running game was working. Um, it's just, they were down a lot in, in the second half. I mean, they were down pretty much the whole game, but, um, you know, so they had to rely on passing and the play calling was just not, he, he could not come up with, you know, that there was not enough chunk plays. He just kept going short, expecting that to work. And it's just, it's, it's not going to work.
0: I didn't like I didn't like the play calls from Doug at all offensively. Yeah. I, I've i said it before, and I'm going to say it again. This whole like offensive coordinator by committee yep. thing has to stop because yep. we need to know who's to blame. And right now, because honestly, I really do feel like Doug Peterson is the one that's calling the plays. He, he, they talk about it beforehand, but Doug is picking what he thinks is going to work. His strategy is failing every single week.
1: Yeah, it is. And he's he's not being... You know, he, he he's not being the Doug Peterson of old. He's not being aggressive. He's not taking shots downfield. You know, he keeps calling the same you know the the same screen plays that don't work. Um, you know, the, he keeps calling the short passes the running backs, the dump offs. I mean, they, they don't work. I mean, they, they work a few times, but they're not. The, you can't just continue to call the same plays and expect to expect a different result. You know, the Giants know what you're going to call at this like it, during the, the the third and fourth quarter. There's there's no question in my mind the Giants knew what was coming because he he didn't change anything up. So, you know, I think I, I agree with you. I think I think someone else needs to be calling plays. I think Doug should just be, you know, he, he should be the head coach, but he needs someone else to be calling plays because whatever he's doing right now is not working.
0: And when you look at the Eagles defense, too. They did not play well. They played so poorly. Yeah, you know, I'm not trying to disrespect Daniel Jones here either because he won. You know, he did what he had to do, but he shouldn't be running all over the field on your defense. No, and he should not be
1: only 31 or 38 or whatever, whatever, 21 or 28, whatever he did.
0: Yeah, I mean, he had a, he had a great day. He, he had a
1: great day. Yeah, I mean, Carson, usually
0: this he was OK, but. Carson was okay, no
1: turnovers, no touchdown passes. You know, he was he was more conservative with the ball. He didn't, you know, he didn't force things, which is fine. Um but I, I That's mean, progress. this progress. Yeah, I mean this game, I, I don't put a lot of blame on Carson Wentz on, on this game. I I I put more blame on the defense, I put more blame on Doug Peterson with the play calling. Absolutely. Um uh, But uh yeah, I mean you can blame Wentz a little bit, I guess, but uh it, it was just a play calling. It was just bad. It was not good play calling. I mean, what do you do when, you know, your coach is calling bad plays? You know, you got to follow what your coach does. You can't just, you know, not do what he says and call a different play. It's not how it works. So, um, once was, you know, he didn't turn the ball over, which is good. Um, so he was I throwing think a little was,
0: high, a lot of the yeah, you
1: know, he did this a few guys. Um, but you know, I mean, there's not that, you know, that, that happens with everyone. Um, you know, not, not every pass is going to be perfect. So I don't put a lot of blame on Wentz in this game, but like I like I said, defense was bad. Um, you know, usually the Eagles are great run defense team. They just they they couldn't stop the run. Um, Wayne Gallman had two touchdowns. Uh, like I said, Daniel Jones started off the game with a with a what it was like a thirty something yard run.
0: Thirty four. So
1: um, they just couldn't stop the run, and that's what killed them ultimately.
0: This can't happen. Against teams that aren't good. Now, how do you only lose by two to the Ravens and then go out to the Giants and make them look like they're a really good team? Yeah, I mean, the Eagles
1: just continue to play down to their competition. I mean,
0: I don't even think it's that. Chip, I really do think that there's that much dysfunction in this locker room. I don't. We've talked about this before, too. They don't have an identity as a team. No, they don't. They are just dysfunction. That that is the identity of this team. Yeah, they don't. They don't. There's no identity.
1: They don't run the ball particularly well. Like, they don't run the ball a lot because we're down most of the time.
0: The passing um, game has been hit or miss. The, yeah, defense, the defense hasn't defense, had a consistent game. Yep. Exactly. Um, they can't know, string together two solid weeks. And you've said this before, there hasn't been a single game where both the offense and the defense have been on the same page and actually played well together. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, there hasn't been a game yet this year. And... Um, you know, if if this continues, uh, they might. They honestly, they may not win another game. Um, it's the tough schedule, to
0: think that, though,
1: with the schedule they have uh, upcoming. I don't see them being beating any any of these teams until you know until the last two games of the season.
0: So, I think the game that scares me the most is the game against the Cardinals. Imagine. Kyler Murray running all hell on us, Mm -hmm. DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, and Christian Kirk. Mm. Our defense hasn't shown that they can do anything against that. And then they got Edmonds, too, running in the backfield. I mean, come on.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you put Slay on Hopkins, but then, you know, like you said, you still have Kirk, you still have Fitzgerald, you still have Drake and Edmonds coming out of the backfield. Um, and, and you have Murray himself. I mean, Murray is that offense. Um, and we always struggle against running quarterbacks, and I don't see how we're going to be able to you know, contain them.
0: Yeah, but Kyler Murray isn't just a running quarterback. Kyler Murray has an arm. Uh, an so accurate I'm ta- one.
1: He, I mean, listen, yeah, that's what I said. He, he is that offense, You know, whether it's on the ground or in the air. He is going to make plays. And against a defense like the Eagles, historically where they struggle against mobile quarterbacks, and historically, like, right now, they're just not playing well. They're you not know, doing I just don't see it are they're they're, Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know. This this team does not look good right now. And it's frustrating.
0: Because we're getting season, healthy.
1: We're getting healthy and nothing's changed.
0: Going into the season, I, I didn't have, like, 13-3 and three hopes, but I thought, okay, they're a pretty good team. Yeah. Now... I just don't even know, man. I think there's too many chefs in the pot.
1: Yep, that's that's a great way to put it. I, I think there's too many, too many people. There's too many minds in, on on one thing. There just needs to be there needs to be set positions. There needs to be an OC. There needs to be a DC, and there needs to be a head coach. Jim Schwartz needs to go. Yeah. You know, we, we've seen him through his ups and downs and right now with, with the talent that he has, the fact that he's losing to a team like the giants is, is unacceptable. And I think he should be fired. I mean, it's not going to happen now, but at the end of the season, I think he should go. Uh, he's done great things here, but you know, uh, every good thing must come to an end. Um, I'm not saying fire Doug Peterson, but I, th- I do think you need a guy to come in, be your OC, and a guy to call to come in and call the plays. Because um, I, I just don't think Doug Peterson, you know, by himself, basically is is good enough to 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 do it.
0: I completely and a hundred percent agree with you. Um, like if- you can be a you, Doug Peterson can be a part of the
1: game plan. But let your OC call the plays, like let him run the offense, and you focus on the the, the team aspect. But you see, and that's look, what I think he needs to do.
0: You know, this is something that I'm starting to realize, and it's a trap that we fell into. Um, when who was the offensive coordinator uh, last year? Mike Rowe for the Eagles. Yeah, Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe was a scapegoat. And this is what I think. I think that Doug may have overruled him more often than not. The mm-hmm. plays weren't working. And, you know, the media and the fans are obviously going to point the finger at someone. Yep. And in this position, yeah, he's the offensive coordinator. He should be the one that's, if not making the calls, having a significant say and so. Yep. But what's really changed in the offensive scheme from last year, other than the uh, keep going for two, I-, I think Doug might be falling into our boy Gabe Kapler's trap. Stats, stats, stats.
1: Yeah, analytics, analytics. Yeah, I-, I agree. I'm, you know, the first one, the first two point conversion, I understood, but then the second one, there was there was literally no point of doing it. I just, it didn't make sense to me. You were if you if you take the if you take the point uh, the extra point you're still down by three. What why are you going for two there? It, it just and the offense you know yeah they were moving the ball, but you know the Giants the Giants defense is actually pretty good in the red zone so it it, it didn't make sense the second one and he's been doing that a lot I guess you just lost faith in Jake Elliott I don't know what it is, but I mean and speaking don't of don't think Jake, he lost he faith in not Jake either. Yeah, Jake Elling's not been good either. I, I get that.
0: Well, but Jake and, didn't have a missed field goal this week, did he?
1: No, I mean yeah. no, because he only t- he, he he did one. He had one field goal, and
0: yeah, he didn't have hard
1: an, he, he, he didn't have an extra point because they didn't let him. <laughs> they went for two, both both t- touchdowns, I believe, or there were three yeah. touchdowns. But I think they went maybe he had one extra point and then one field goal. That was mm-hmm. it. I don't know what it was, but I I, I just I, I didn't understand the the second two point conversion, and I just hate the stupid dump off plays that that lose five yards. I hate when it's third and long and he and he throws and he and Wentz throws it to Miles Sanders and it's a loss of two. Like I just don't I don't get it. Like it's third down and ten, and you're calling a screen that gets that gets ta- it gets it's 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 a loss of two. Why are you not throwing the ball down the field? I I don't understand. (sighs) You got me, man. It makes no sense to me.
0: There's just a lot of things going on with this team that any fan, really, whether they're really into every aspect of the game, from the play calling to the X's and O's, to just your casual fan, anyone can see that there's something wrong happening. Yes. You can tell that there's something off. It's the vibe. It, it really is everything around the team is just – I don't know what it is. It, it's, it's just a dysfunctional mess. There's no accountability on the coaching staff. Yep. Um, from what I've seen, there's no accountability on the player side. And yep. the reason I say that too is – let's use Nate Gary as an example. I know the poor guy's already down. Let me beat him while he's down. But <laughs> – Jim Schwartz keeps sticking up for the guy, and it's like, dude, have you seen how many plays this guy has let up? I, yeah. I, I don't know why you're sticking up for him. Oh, well, you should see how much he does for us on the run. Okay, well, that might be true, but every single time he's covered anyone in midfield, they're gone. Yeah. They're gone. Yeah, but, and, you know,
1: especially as a coach, you can't, you can't play favorites. I mean... And we've seen that with Jim Schwartz over the years. You know, Jim Schwartz, it, he loves Jalen Mills, he loves Nate Gary, he, you know, he loves Marcus Epps. I mean, these guys, yeah, they make plays every here and there, but these these aren't starting caliber players. You know, you may like what they do on the practice field, but that doesn't doesn't always translate to to the actual game. Right. So uh, you keep forcing these guys out there thinking they're good when they're when they're not. And and like you said, even a like even a even a casual fan will see that these players aren't good. And, <laughs> Did, and yeah, you, were, you know, you were, you were I mean, you, dude, you were spot on. There's no accountability. You know, Jim Schwartz, you know, every every press conference, it, it's it's oh uh, we gotta be better. Uh, you know, turnovers well, happen. You be how are you gonna beat like, that? Like do it. Actually beat, don't just say it. What are you gonna do about it? There, there, there's no, there's no emotion. I, I don't see any, any, he, he's like, oh, we're angry. Uh, no, you, no, you're not. You, you don't seem it.
0: I didn't see anyone slamming their helmet on the field after the game. Right. There's, there, there's just no sense of urgency. There's no, there's
1: no anger. I mean,
0: oh, I, I don't always get next it. Week, you know, we'll get him next week. It's like, hey, Doug, I don't even think you might have a job next year if this keeps up. Dude. Yeah, I mean, like, wins matter. I mean. You know, this one specifically, yeah, because if you beat the Giants here, game. you're two games ahead. You got a cushion. Any Anytime you're playing a division
1: rival, it's an important game. And there was just no. And like you said earlier, it was just boring. It was so boring. There was no. There was no big plays happening. There was no turnovers. No, you know, no like big, big plays down the field. The one. There was one long run by Boston Scott. That was it. It was just it was just the same old song and dance every single drive. I mean, yeah, they were driving, but then what did they have to show for it? Nothing. I just yeah. I mean, there's something you know either Jeffrey Lurie or Howie needs to realize that this isn't working because they they can't just continue on like this. They they have to realize that this is this is bad. And they can't think that this is okay. Like, they can't just be like, oh, yeah, this is fine. Well, we'll there's always next week. Like, no. I'm tired of that.
0: Uh, there's no excuse for all this. There's no excuse for playing this poorly. And who who do you even hold accountable at this point? Because it, last year it was Mike Rowe, and this year it's it's got to be Doug Peterson. It,
1: it's multiple people. I, I mean, I think... You know, I think Howie's neglect of the draft has hurt this team. I think
0: Doug he's play not a calling. Cool. I'm getting to him later. Just give me. Let's finish okay. this conversation. Yeah, because I'm so, talking about on field ineptitude. Yes, so, we can talk about front office ineptitude in a minute. Yeah, so uh,
1: you know, for me, it's been Jim Schwartz and Doug Peterson. Those are the two top guys for me. And yeah, the play calling has been brutal. It's been horrible on both sides because the, the the defense is so like it's so one dimensional they they don't do anything to surprise anybody like they don't they, they blitz every once in a while but that's it like there's there there's nothing that surprises a team and same thing with same thing with the offense there's no you know there's no sort of like trick plays or you know plays that 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 they reach down like in at, at, at the back of the playbook, and there's nothing that surprises the defense. They're so one dimensional that they know what's going to happen.
0: Absolutely. That's and, it.
1: And teams, you know, teams, you know, they they get used to it. I mean, they 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 know what you're going to call, and they're going to defend it the way they should be. And you it's know, right, but, and the and the and the same thing with the defense. You know, they're going to find a way to beat you. So you have to. You know, change up your game plan. And well, like we had, said it earlier, I mean, Daniel Daniel Jones in the first game we played against him had an 80-yard run. What does he do in the first try? He gets a 34-yard touchdown. There's nothing that they changed from the previous game. I just don't get it.
0: Yep. It, it really is it, too. And this is something that I, I want to get into as well. You can be an innovative coach and have an intelligent playbook and an effective one. But the innovation that has been put into this playbook hasn't been paying off. Especially offensively. What big plays have you seen that have really made you go, ooh, Mm -hmm. other than I would say the two big plays were the Fulgham touchdown and Boston Scott's touchdown against the Giants last time. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Nothing else all year long has really made me excited. You almost lose to a 49ers team with Nick Mullins at the helm, and we've seen how bad he's been. Yep. I have nothing good to say about this team this week. Yeah. I'm not yelling. I mean, all
1: season, all season, really. There, There hasn't been a good game yet this season. I know we have three wins. But even those three wins, we did not look good.
0: That tie like against the said, Bengals, the Eagles looked horrible.
1: Yeah. I mean, like you said, we beat we beat a beat-up 49ers team that we almost lost to. We beat a Giants team that we should be destroying by the skin of our teeth the first time. And then we beat up a third-string quarterback. Or we, we beat a third-string quarterback. Where Carson Wentz looked horrific, and we still won somehow. So, I mean, yeah, we, you know, we came back against uh, Baltimore. Where's that team? Where's that team against the Giants? Nowhere to be found. Where's mm-hmm. that team against the Cowboys?
0: Nowhere to be found. When you make a third string quarterback for the Cowboys, look good problem and I he did. started he deteriorated towards the end of the game um but it was i was scared and yeah, I, mean, I really yeah. now this is where you might disagree with me and this is where i'm going to get into front office ineptitude i think that the eagle should probably just throw in the towel at this point Even if they make the playoffs, we've seen what this team can do. And we've seen how badly they can flounder out there. And no matter who they play in the first round, whether it's home or not, they're going to get trounced. Yeah. I don't have the faith that I usually would have. Yeah. Even last year against the Seahawks, it was a close enough game, even with Josh McCown in, Mm -hmm. for me to at least enjoy it. I mean, it sucked. I was mad. But they went out there, and I thought they had a chance till the very end when Miles Sanders yeah. had that. Uh, it was a bad throw, but if he caught that, the Eagles won. Yeah, I mean, if Carson Wentz plays that game,
1: there's no doubt in my mind that they, that they win that game.
0: Yeah, and it's just the team that has been put together for this year obviously isn't good enough, and... You know, you look at Howie Roseman as the GM of this team, and you look at two big cuts that were made this year. Mm. You look at Rasul Douglas, and you look at Sidney Jones. They've both gone to new places, and they're both performing well. Yep. Why are we not developing these players to their fullest potential? Why are these players not succeeding in Philadelphia? One of the biggest football markets, have you? Mm Mm-hmm. Coaching. It's – that is what's truly inexcusable. Yeah.
1: I mean, listen, Howie – I mean, you're saying, you know, his – like we said, his ineptitude to draft well is hurting this team now.
0: There's JJ White Whiteside was inactive this week.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and you're not like, you look at this team. A lot of the, most of the best players on this team are above 30. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Darius Slay, Roddy McLeod, I guess if you put him up there. You know, uh, Who else, you know, uh, uh, Brennan Brooks, Lane Johnson, uh, Jason Kelsey, Jason Peters. All these guys are above 30 now. Yeah, we have some young talent, some, you know, Dallas Goddard. He's, you know, he's backed up to a 30 year old Zach Ertz. I love Miles Sanders, but they don't use him enough, you know? Who, who el- Like, what other, what other guy that we've drafted has panned out in the last five years?
0: We got lucky with Fulgham. Yeah. Um, Rager well, so far has proven well, to be okay. Like, okay. Yeah, we've had,
1: we've had some decent players. Like, I think Miles Sanders can be a stud, but we just don't use him. Yeah. You know, I mean. It- Derek Barnett's been okay, but he's been nothing. He's not. He's not worth the 14th overall pick. Uh, you know, like I said, Dallas Goddard's been pretty good, but we don't use him enough because we have Zach Ertz.
0: And he was injured when Zach Ertz was out too.
1: Right.
0: Richard Rogers had more uh, injuries.
1: And he comes back, and we don't we don't give him the ball. So it's just. One is the just bad drafting of Howie. And two is when we do get someone, we don't use them.
0: We don't educate properly to correct the mistakes. Yep. And defensively. We're
1: not good at developing talent.
0: And defensively, with Jim Schwartz as our coordinator, we had Rasul Douglas and Sidney Jones. Two solid corners this year. Am I wrong? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Underperform. So, yes, I agree with you that Schwartz has to go. But for those reasons. Schwartz has to go. I just. The the whole committee of offense has to go.
1: Yeah, like the whole, just the whole, you have to change up the staff. And and I know we've done that, you know, the last couple of years. But, you know, defensively, get get a new defensive mind in there. You know, you can run the same scheme, just, just. Get a new mind, just something different and, and you need someone just to come in and call the place because, like I said, whatever Doug is doing, it's not working and I, I want Doug to stay around because he's great with the players you know he he's he, he's a great um you know he he's good at rallying troops, if you will, but when it comes to play calling, it just hasn't been working, and I mean, yes, it's working in the past but I just think you need to, you need to change things up. And, and you know, we, you, you've seen plenty of coaches, you know, give the reins to someone else and let them call the plays. Um, you know, Mike Tomlin for the Pittsburgh Steelers, he's, he's eight. zero right now. He doesn't call plays. He has an offensive coordinator who does that. Um, Yeah. There's plenty more like, like I know Sean McVay calls the plays. Um, I think Andy Reed still calls the plays, but um. I mean, you know, Andy Reid's offensive coordinator, Eric Biennium, is going to be a head coach next year. So I just think you need a guy to come in and be that guy, to be that Frank Reich, because ever since Frank Reich left, we haven't had that guy.
0: Yeah, but you got to think, too, Andy Reid, although he's making the play calls, has way more experience than Doug Peterson. And Peterson came from his coaching tree. Andy Reid's coaching tree is gigantic.
1: Yes, Andy Reid has more experience. But the thing is, I'm pretty sure... And I may be wrong about this because I don't know a lot of I don't know a lot about Kansas City. But Eric Eric Vienemy, who is the offensive coordinator, is is you know he, he is along the ride with Andy Reed when he calls the plays. It's not just Andy Reed. Eric Vienemy does does some play calling as well. So if if you want to go that route, that's fine. But I just think you need some guy to come in and be that guy.
0: Uh yeah. And you need you need like and going the, back to the, the whole, committee, this is exactly why the committee was formed, so that no one can point any fingers.
1: Right. And, and you know, going back to the whole developing situation, you need to bring guys in who, who can develop these you know, these young players. Because, like you said, with Rasul Douglas and Sidney Jones, these are two guys we cut. And now they're starting for teams.
0: Like, as their top corners. Like, no, and to, before you continue, teams make mistakes. Like, look at what happened with Travis Fogel and with us. Yeah. But two mistakes in one offseason in a position that's crucial to us that we could really desperately use right now. Like, And, and here's the thing. We got Travis Fulgham from Green Bay's practice squad,
1: right? Like, yeah, that's one miss for them. But they drafted Marquez valdez Scantling in, what, the sixth round? And he's their number two receiver now. So it's not like they don't know how to develop talent. It's just that they, they, they cut a guy that, you know, they miss on one. But th- We've seen this a lot happen with the Eagles now. You know, Rasul Douglas is is the top corner for for Carolina right now. He was on Mike Evans last week or yesterday when they were playing the Buccaneers. Sidney Jones is their number two cornerback in Jacksonville, and he's he has, has a few picks this year. <sighs> so it, it's got you, you know you got to have if you're Howie, you got to let someone come in and, and help you with the draft to one. And hire guys who can develop develop these guys because they're not just going to come in, Like, a lot of guys aren't just going to going to come into the NFL and be studs. They have to take time to develop them and then become the player that they want to be. It's not just going to happen as soon as you draft them. Like, with some players, yeah, maybe you'll get lucky. But it just doesn't happen that way for most people. So that's what needs to happen. It remains to be seen if that, it, that is going to happen. Um and you know, we're just we're just a lowly podcast. So who's gonna listen to us? But um, I think that's what needs to happen. I think you need a guy to come in and be your offensive coordinator um, to call the plays, and I think you need a guy to help Howie with the draft and hire some guys who can develop these young players. That's it. And please, for the love of God, Eagles, stop half of your team getting hurt. Um,
0: I'm, I'm br- so I'm br- sick of the injuries. I'm breaking the huddle. I can't, I can't continue. I, I, I really just, I've, I've aired my frustrations and I did it without yelling. I'm at that point. I'm the disappointed dad. Yeah. You know, like, it's like when your parents yell at you, you're like, oh, whatever. But like, if one of your parents comes into the room and sits down and is like, you know, I've been upset at you before. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm more disappointed than I've ever been in my life.
1: It, it hits different when they say that.
0: And Doug, Howie, <laughs> whoever, pretty much the whole entire coaching staff, front office, yeah, Jeffrey Lurie, yeah. I think I can speak for most fans here when I say we're all just disappointed. We're what you? I mean, we look forward to football season every year. Yeah, dude.
1: This is one of the biggest. This is one of the biggest football cities in in the world.
0: And when you think about, especially this year, with how bad it's been already, yep. You put something like this out there for us, yep. And I get it. You know, not every season is going to be a winner, but when you win a Super Bowl and you look like you're set up for a long time, and you've just gone downhill every single year after that, <laughs> <laughs> it must just be Philly tradition because the same thing happened with the Phillies. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, I'm breaking the huddle. Go birds. Go birds. Go birds. Man. Okay. <laughs> you know, let's um, go to greener pastures here. The Sixers um, are potential suitors for James Harden. Um, nothing has really transpired, just rumors. I don't want them to give up Ben or Joel. I'd rather just keep it the way that it is. I really think that uh, Daryl Morey can get something done. Uh, hopefully move that Horford contract for something.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean, listen, I it, if this is what I think it is, that the Houston should be in rebuild mode because both Russell Westbrook and James Harden won out. Uh, so if, you know, if that's the case, uh, you know, maybe you can get away with not, not throwing in Ben or Joel. Uh, but it depends. It depends on what Houston wants. Um, you know, the, the, the balls in their court, uh, you know, we, they know we want James. Um, they know that James, uh, you know, would he's, you know, they said, he said that the Sixers, uh, is one of, is one of his top uh, trade targets. So, you know, now it's up to, you know, Daryl, um, to, you know, talk to his old buddies over in Houston and see what, see if he can get a deal done. Now, like I said, Houston should be in rebuild mode. If that is the case, if they want to get rid of James and Russell Westbrook, um, and, you know, maybe you can get, you can, you can, uh, you know, maybe swing a trade, have Horford go, have Richardson go probably. You're probably gonna have to give up Matisse Thiebaud as well, and then maybe throw in some picks. Um, you know, maybe I don't know. You know, I don't even know who we have signed on our bench. Maybe Furkan Korkmaz, you have to throw in as well. So who knows? You know, if uh, if we can get away with you know not have, having to throw in Ben or Joel, um, I'd be in it for the most part. I just. You know, he'd having to see Matisse will go, but that would probably be the case if if that were to happen.
0: Yeah, that that's it. Uh, I well, don't. I like, mean, like, don't get me. I'd love having James Harden here. Don't get me wrong. I would, but you know, he's what 32? 31, 32, something like that. I mean, the man turned down fifty million dollars a year to get out of the city. That's what Houston offered him. 50 yeah, million a year. I mean, he probably realized that,
1: you know, he wants a championship, and I, I, I think he realized that if he stayed there, um, he he probably was going to be able to get one. Um,
0: I, I think he's going to end up with Brooklyn. I don't want a deal struck with the Sixers if it involves Joel or Ben, and I, I know some people are fine with it, but I'm not. I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, that's not the process. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I know, I know. Doc Rivers said that Ben and Joel weren't going anywhere, but um,
0: well, you know, there's also rumors about Lou Williams and Shamit coming back too.
1: I would love that. I would love that trade. There, there was a rumor that they would send Josh Richardson to L.A. for for Lou Williams and, and Landry Shamit. I don't know how I don't know how true that rumor is, but if that was the case. I mean, I'd be down for, even if they had to send Horford there, I don't care. I mean, give me Shamit back. I'd love to have Landry Shamit back. And Lou Williams, you know, he's one of the best six-mans in the league.
0: Come so, home, Lou. Come yeah,
1: home. Lou, Come home, Landry. I mean, we drafted Landry Shamit, too, so I would love that. I would love
0: that move. He he just had to go away to college for a couple of years, Chip. It's okay. He'll be back. Yeah, he'll yeah, be back. Hopefully. Hopefully. Well, you know, too, you got to remember, hey, he worked with Doc Rivers all last year. You think that there's something that can't happen out there? I really think that team is also a dysfunctional one, speaking of it. Um, yeah. Now, I mean, listen,
1: getting, you know, getting two guys like Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers coming from winning organizations, um, there's definitely ties still there. So, you know, if you if Doc Rivers or Daryl Morey wants a player, you know, they could make that happen. So who knows?
0: Got a lot going on there. Um, the draft is Wednesday. Yeah. I I, I'm going to watch, obviously. I just don't know. I, yeah. I don't like, know. Like we, we said, need a shooter.
1: Yeah. We need a shooter. Um, like we said in the intro, not having March Madness probably hurt the, you know, my kind of scouting, if you will, uh, of college players, uh, going to the NBA. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know much. I know, like, like we said, I, I, I like. Um, I think the the Sixers need a shooter. Um, they just need more bench depth because they don't have much right now. They just need guys to come off the bench and you know, be scores. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Hopefully, they can, uh, they can draft another Matisse Thibel or Landry Shabbat because I don't want a Zaire Smith here.
0: Well, and you look at that trade too. I mean, that trade is what ended up getting us Matisse Thybul. Uh, but if we didn't give, if we didn't make that trade in the first place, we would have a player like a Mikhail Bridges. Yep. Uh, not only homegrown, but he seems to be developing pretty well. Uh, he had his struggles, but towards the end of the season, before the shutdown happened, and even during the bubble play, looked pretty good. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, Mikhail Bridges. You know, he, he's a he's. Like you
1: said, he's turning. He could be uh, turning into a pretty good player, and that's what we need right now. We we just need good players. We need, you know, he he's a borderline starter. So uh, if we had that, you know, he would be a bench guy if not a starter at this point. So you know, you can look at it two ways, but um, you know, hopefully they 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 make a, they make make the right move and not pull another Zaire Smith.
0: Yeah, absolutely right.
1: Or Markel Fultz.
0: Okay, that was Collar Colangelo, and we told each other that we never talk about that again. Or a Noel. Oh, okay, okay, Chip. Or a Jaleel Okafor. You know, I think they did. Uh, I think they did Ja wrong. Or Timmy Taylor with Okay, that was a problem. <laughs> so but was the process just a bunch of here. bunches, but just a bunch of busts?
1: <laughs> yeah, you see what I'm getting here. The Eagles aren't the only one who don't know how to draft in this town.
0: The Phillies and the Sixers also don't.
1: Yeah, it's true. Flyers, yeah.
0: Flyers Flyers have done okay, but yeah, they've actually done all right. Yeah, there's I, been a
1: few misses, but wow. sports,
0: they've done pretty well. I, I would think the most dysfunctional team six years ago, uh, and they actually did pretty good in the end. They did. Flyers did pretty well, but every other team,
1: just when it comes to the draft, they're just
0: stupid. <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's put the balls back on the rack. I'm I'm done with basketball. Um, you know the the rankings came out. Uh, some schools are delaying their season. I really don't think that's going to impact the tournament all that much. No. Nah. The ones that are delaying their season kind of seem to have a play structure in place where they're playing every so many days, which mm. I, I kind of like as long as they can fit in a decent enough amount of games to have an idea of where they are compared to the rest of the league, we're good.
1: Yeah. As long uh, as they have, and, uh, you know, and, um, hopefully, yeah, as long as they know, you know, uh, how to rank them properly, then I'm all for it. Uh,
0: you have Villanova preseason ranked number three in the AP poll. Yeah. Um, that's a, I mean, I'm a big Nova guy. I I think this year is going to be really good. I mean, I'm going to miss Sadiq Bey, but still have Jeremiah Robinson-Earl, Colin Gillespie, um, hopefully Cole Swider. Slater can step up a little bit.
1: Brian Antoine got hurt, though.
0: He did get hurt. Uh, I I wanted to talk about him especially. Last year, he didn't get anywhere near the amount of playing time that I thought he was going to. Yep. Uh, Towards the end of the season, he started to get more. And he was actually in important games towards the end, but... Early on, he was only getting a couple of minutes a game, and it just seemed like there was something that Jay Wright saw out of him. Yeah. And, you know, last year, too, Brian Antoine got hurt preseason. Yep. Same thing. Um, I don't know if he was nursing an injury, because it doesn't seem like, compared to the Javon Quinterly situation, Yeah, it was made evident that he didn't like Jay Wright. Well, I no, think, you know, Brian Antoine can- doesn't seem to have that, disdain for the for his head coach at least not publicly
1: here's here's the big thing for me when it comes to Villanova and Jay Wright you know when you when you commit to Villanova you have to realize as a freshman that you may not get a lot of minutes and you're just gonna have to accept that because that's the type of coach that Jay Wright is he wants to he wants to get a player that learns from him and then goes out and becomes a player that that Jay Wright needs and then ultimately become a better player for them. And Javon Quinterly, I think, didn't realize that when he came to Villanova. I think he, he was he was expecting more of like a, a Kentucky situation or like a Duke situation where he was going to immediately come in and be a starter. And you know, that would be it. And then he'd be done. He'd be done and go to the NBA after a freshman year. That's just, I don't think, I just don't think that's how it works with Villanova and Jay Wright. Like he, he wants you to come in, you know, develop, learn, learn under him, develop as a player. And then maybe into like with Sadiq Bay, well, Sadiq Bay, what was he a freshman or sophomore? Sophomore. So, yeah. So,
0: but like, like that, Fred, the, the improvement from freshman to sophomore exactly. year was tremendous. Like, yeah, you saw him
1: develop as a player over the two years that he was there. And, you know, if he goes out after a freshman year, he may not get drafted. But now he's coming out after his sophomore year and he's a top 15 pick. So, you know, some players just have to realize that it, it, it does take time. You're not just going to go out and immediately be, be the starter for a team as a freshman. And I just think Javon Quinterly didn't realize that. He just wanted to be out there playing. Um, and Jay Wright's, you know, Jay Wright's tough on the guys. So I guess Javon Quinterly, you know, didn't like the tough love that Jay Wright was giving him and he moved on. That That's
0: fine. And, you know, it, it's not for everyone, uh, but he had to have known that going in. And back to what we were talking about with Brian Antoine. Yeah. I'm not seeing I think, that same. And before he he would have transferred. Like,
1: yeah, and that's the thing. Like You're not seeing the same thing with Brian Antoine. Like He, he realized that when he came to Villanova, he, he might have to wait a year or two before he you know, becomes a player that he wants to be. Javon Quinterly didn't realize that, and that's the difference you're seeing between um, Javon Quinterly and Brian Antoine. Uh,
0: Brian Antoine has a lot of potential. I think the flaw was his defense for yeah. the most part. Uh, but obviously it, that can be improved upon. The, yep. These kids are 18, 19 years old. Exactly. And in college, especially, and I think that's something that Jay Wright has down pat. He yep. really knows how to coach these guys to be the best player that they can be. And Absolutely. when you look at the when you look at the NBA products that have come out of Villanova, I mean, th- there's no really huge name since Kyle Lowry, but you still have Jalen Brunson down in, uh, down in H- uh, uh, Dallas, excuse oh. me. Um, you have Josh Hart, uh, who's in New Orleans. He's turned himself into a pretty solid, consistent six man. Am I wrong?
1: Yeah, no. I mean, you're right. You, you know, you, we haven't seen a big star since Kyle Lowry, but you're still seeing really good, solid, you know, role players, you know, even guys like Ryan Archer Diacono, you would never expect him to be, to be a player, you know, a, 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 you know, a caliber player to be on a roster, but he's been hanging around in Chicago for, for how many years now? And now he's, a, you know, he's a, he's a, con, a consistent role player for them. So, you know, you you see it with a lot of guys that you wouldn't expect to be able to make an NBA roster, but they they do. And they they, you know, they they um they're con- you know, they're consistent solid players.
0: Yep. Uh we talked about Mikhail Bridges earlier. Another yep. guy came out of Nova and as long as they can keep pumping out products like this, it's only up from here. And yep. I completely yep. agree with your point that they have to know going in there that they need to develop for a couple of years yep. before they can move on. And, you know, with a Sadiq Bay, I agree with you where if that kid stayed one more year. Uh, he would be a stud. And let's say it was normal circumstances, no COVID. Yeah. I would be scared for the opposing team.
1: Yep. It would be no question in my mind he'd be a top five pick next year.
0: I had season tickets for Villanova last year. And every single time that guy had the ball,
1: yeah, I was yeah. excited, dude. I mean, yeah, like you said, you saw it from his freshman year to his sophomore year. The, just the the improvement that you saw was just crazy. And you know that's what you get with Jay Wright. That, that's the type of coach that he is.
0: Um, I don't really have much other insight onto the team. I'm I'm just excited to get back into the swing of things. Yeah. Um, I have. Yeah, I think that's about it for the NCAA. Oh, no, 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 no. We got big news. They're going to the bubble. One city. Yep. I like it. Keep I it. love it. I love it. I don't care where. Just set it up somewhere. Yep. Yeah, do
1: it. I think they said Indiana. I mean, I don't in, care where in, it is.
0: but Indianapolis is fine. I don't care. Yeah,
1: I don't care. Uh, listen, if you can get, what is it, 64 teams or 68, whatever, whatever it is, if you can get 64 teams in a city – in a bubble, I'm all for it, man. I, I just need some Arch Madness in my life, and um, that would be that'd be huge for NCA if they can do that.
0: I think that the good thing is with basketball teams is they're not 53 men rosters. Yeah. Um, they can bubble if they need to, and since they're students too, they can do all their classes virtually like the rest of the country's doing. Yep. Uh, I think that. It'll be okay for him. I yeah. think it'll be It's going to suck.
1: It is going to suck. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not a great situation for the players or the coaches, but, um, you know, it, it's – I think just – it It would be a huge success if that, if that were to come out and, and if they did that, if they did it that way. I mean, yeah, it would be great for the players, but if as long as they, you know, they socially distant and uh, stay safe and, you know, don't be stupid – um, I think they can pull it off.
0: Yep, I'm with you there. Uh, I think that this there's been more preparation for the NCAA basketball season than any other season so far. Uh, um, college football kind of happened a little too quickly. Yeah, as the tail end of the bottom of the first wave uh, was happening, that's when college football was coming back, and now we're seeing a resurgence of cases. Philadelphia is closing everything again, and it, it's it's going to be another stressful time we're, we're getting hit with round two. We knew it was coming too, Yeah, but it just, it hurts to even think about because I can't sit in my basement for another four months. <laughs> I
1: mean, listen, I, I, you know, kind of getting off the topic of sports here. Um, hopefully, you know, it won't be as long as the first one uh, I've heard, you know, I, from what I've heard, there's a vaccine uh, coming pretty soon. Uh, I think I read something that it was like 95% effect, effective on tests, so that's some good news. You know, hopefully they can get it out pretty quick. Um, you know, obviously everyone won't get it at the same time. Uh, they would prioritize probably, you know, older people and you know people more likely to get it first. Uh, they would probably be the first people to get the get the vaccine. But you know, hopefully once they pump this thing out, um, you know we can you know we can start thinking about getting things back to normal. So. I'm just hoping that 2020, you know, at the end of 2020, we can start, you know, getting to some normalcy again. Because 2020 was just a cursed year.
0: It really was. It was brutal. Uh, But, and we need something happy. We do. And that's why we need something good soon. (laughs) Yeah, we
1: said that about football, but that's not working out too well, so.
0: NBA and uh, NHL are coming up. Yeah. So uh, we'll get there. Um, hopefully yep. we'll have some more news on the Flyers next week. I know it's been kind of dead, but the only thing that happened is they released their reverse retro jerseys, and they're all right.
1: I that's like it. them, Max. I like
0: them a lot. I like them, but I don't hate that. Excuse me. I like them, but I don't adore them.
1: Okay.
0: Like, I like the Stadium Series jerseys a lot. I'm a big fan of that tie. I like it. Right. Uh,
1: that's it. Fair. Yeah, NBA is coming back December twenty second. Um NHL comes back New Year's Day. And um, you know, we still got NFL rolling on and um yeah, so it was a short it was a short off season for NBA and NHL, but and uh we'll get things rolling here in a couple I guess a couple weeks or a month or two for both those sports. So it's not a long wait for uh for for a couple sports to be back and we still got NFL so As long as we got sports, I'm happy.
0: You know what that means, Chip? What? We've reached our destination for the day. Wow.
1: Yeah. Not as impressive as the first one, but I'll give it to
0: you. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I wasn't trying to be as good as the first one, but... Uh, We did run a little bit long on time, so if you've been with us this whole time, thank you for listening. Uh, Thanks for listening again to the Bandwagon Podcast. Go to phlsportsnation.com for all your Philly sports wants, needs, and desires. Uh, Go to the podcast tab. Go to the PHL Bandwagon. Uh, On there, you can listen to us on Anchor. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you can listen to podcasts. We're most likely available, and if we're not, please hit us up. We'll try to get on there for you. Um, on Twitter, follow us at PHL the bandwagon. you can follow me at PHL Ryan Michaels chip at PHL Chip Tiernan. Go to Facebook you can also find us there at PHL the bandwagon uh, share our posts, vote on our polls. We really do appreciate the responsiveness and we do try to reply to as many people as possible. Um, some of our polls uh, have a lot of votes and a lot of people commenting on them so I apologize if we can't get to all of you but uh, yeah we uh, have an Instagram coming you know it's just it's coming one of these days maybe. um uh, yeah that's uh, we've reached our destination finally we'll see you at the next stop and for the love of christ i hope i hope to god the next time we talk to you the eagles won and we're happy and we're happy not disappointed